When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. The battles that we Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast for the discussion of Marvel Christ Protocol in the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I am excited to be back into a character episode. It's been so long since we've been able to do this. It's good to be back and just in time as we are returning to Asgard today. And uh, it seems that uh, Asgard as an affiliation might be picking up a little steam. As they rightfully should. They're one of the yeah, coolest parts I'm of Marvel. Thor is a menace now. Good. He deserves to be. He definitely deserves to be. And with that new Asgard wave coming sometime next year, you know, only time will tell like what happens with Asgard. And I'm really excited about it because they're a toolbox faction. I really like that a lot. And we're going to talk about Scourge today. And I think how he's a little bit slept on in the community because not only is he amazing Asgardian, I think you play him almost all games with Asgard, but he's also just an amazing three threat he's just an aggressive strong three threat which fits into the current you know competitive meta especially but you know it just fits in well taking things off the table is the name of the game right now so yeah man he does that yeah he does but i'm excited to talk about him today in lore and of course the mcu and then following like we always do in an ending with strategy the ways we can play scourge on the table alongside thor or maybe some other leaders in the game because we'll end with our affiliation discussion so let's just get right into it today chris let's do it fury's finest is supported by mr laser go to mr-laser.square.site for all marvel crisis protocol needs and do not forget to use our uh, discount code fury5 at checkout get yourself a cool 5% off that's right. Mr. Laser's already got discounted rates, so we would really appreciate it if you support him. And once again, if you use that code, that's just a direct way he can see which of our listeners are actually buying through him as opposed to his normal buyers. So it really means a lot to us. Same goes for iWarGame. They make the best marked mats for MCP in the business. We highly recommend checking them out and picking up a couple of their maps for your local area and your local games at iWarGame.net. You can also use our code FFPODCAST, which will get you 10% off these beautiful play mats. 
Of course, our patrons support Furious Finest at patreon.com slash Furious Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us and joining our private Discord community. And we take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. And we haven't like discussed the patron tiers in quite some time, so we'll probably do that in the coming future. But you know, with the new year coming and stuff, it's a good time to talk about all the things you get, all the perks you get. And something I fail to mention every time is, you know, the tiers are just what you get, but you can choose any amount you want you know when you jump on patreon so if you join that lower tier and you want to throw us an additional dollar or two on top of that you totally can and it's just fully up to you but the tiers are just the points where the things like the bonus episodes and stuff start and things like that and you get the producer credit and all that so we're looking at the tiers for that and we'd love to have more people in our private discord and once you join the patreon you get immediate access to the private discord and we have to thank a new patron of the week it's sammy thank you so much sammy thanks sammy and of course, we have to give a big shout out to the Avenger producers. These are the folks that keep the show going, everybody. So big thanks to Rich and Sean. Thank you guys so much. All right, Chris, let's get into Scourge lore today. I'm very excited about this. All right, just up front, Scourge is kind of awesome. <laughs> okay. In some interesting ways, he's kind of awesome because it is a little bit different from what you're used to getting. And I think that's one of the beauties of the Asgardian characters is you get a different twist on a lot of these tales, especially because most of these Asgardian characters relative to humans on earth live in kind of a gray area. They don't necessarily need to fight on humanity's behalf. And sometimes they fight against humanity on various things and various levels. So it is open for some different kind of storytelling with these characters. And that's something I've always appreciated about the as guardians in Marvel. So let's focus on scourge and let's talk about who he is. Scourge is, was one of Asgard's greatest warriors. And the way he rose to this is he's kind of got some things going for him from birth. Uh, He is the illegitimate son of a storm giant and an Asgardian from the realm of Skornheim. Skornheim is not a very nice place. So we've got a storm giant. We've got a very, very tough Asgardian making this child. So Scourge, you know, in, in the same way that, say, a chimpanzee's muscles are far more dense than a human's muscles, Scourge's muscles are extremely dense. He's really, really strong. He is a top-tier fighter. He gains the name the Executioner after fighting in a war against the Storm Giants, which is pretty cool. And, of course, you all know him for being the Enchantress's Amora, the Enchantress's number one simp. He's simply enthralled to her almost as if by a spell. So I've touched on his superhuman or super Asgardian muscle density already. So let's get into the rest of his powers. And I mean, for the most part, he is a super strong as guardian. He's an extremely good fighter. I could stretch this out, you know, by going through everything, but man, he's super, super good at all of it. But there's one thing he does have that is a little bit different. And that is his ax. This ax is ridiculous. And of course, I'm speaking of none other than the blood axe. This thing can literally 
cut a hole in reality and take Scourge to different dimensions, different times, whatever. It can shoot heat blasts, ice blasts. It can cut almost anything. And of course, anything it can't cut is going to be very, very noteworthy. But not only that, but this thing is cursed. We love a good cursed weapon around here. And the wielder of this axe, of course, is going to go into a blood frenzy. You know, just classic Viking type stuff. So all in all, we have just a beast of a fighter with a magically cursed axe. Not only, and he's just, he's stronger than you. He's stronger than other Asgardians. What are you going to do about this guy? There's not a lot. So now let's, let's, let's kind of set the table and then we'll get into the history of the character. Scourge the Executioner's first appearance is in Journey into Mystery number 103. That's going to come out in April of 1964. And of course, he's created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. All right, Jesse, it is time to get into his actual lore and history here. So upon arriving in Asgard as one of and, and establishing himself as one of its greatest warriors. Amara the Enchantress, he's going to be taken aback by her. She's obviously beautiful, yada, yada, yada. But she is literally going to cast a magic spell on him to just make him her thrall. And it is going to work, and it is going to be one of the core conceits of his character for the rest of him being around, for, I guess, the rest of time. I don't know how we want to say that. So Enchantress is going to obviously convince Scourge to work with her on her various schemes and plots. And as we know, she's kind of the lower level Loki, maybe maybe neutral, true neutral, instead of neutral evil, like Loki is, you know? So Scourge is going to first battle Thor in one of these plots. Shortly after gaining the human, his double identity, you know, the human identity of Donald Blake, this is the old school Thor comics. Amora is going to unsuccessfully try to seduce old Donald. It's not going to work. She's going to get real mad. <laughs> She's going to send Scourge to get rid of Jane Foster to clear the way for old Amora to take her place as anyone would. You know, all's fair in love and war. We all know that. So, of course, Thor is going to save the day. And, and over the coming years, he... Scourge and Enchantress, they're going to ally themselves with Loki. They're going to be his lieutenants when he takes over Asgard. Uh, of course, this is also foiled. Scourge will then join the Masters of Evil under Baron Zemo, which is pretty cool, where they will you know, inevitably be defeated by Captain America because he's with Zemo now. Thor will make an appearance here but it's just going to it's going to be Thor winning the day over and over and over again S until eventually we get to Scourge and Amora's banishment. Odin just finally sick of them, right? Just done. He's going to banish them to a barren netherworld. Scourge in this netherworld is going to start to wisen up. He's going to abandon Amara. He's going to see that he's only a tool to her, not something she actually, something or someone she actually cares about. And he's going to fall in love with a mysterious woman named Cassiolina. She will in turn return his love. 
feeling great for Scourge right here. Now, of course, we can't have good things now, can we? Enchantress, she's not having this. She's very upset by Scourge leaving her side. So the only thing for what the only the only thing she ha she can do here, of course, is to vow revenge against all men everywhere. She's going to disguise herself as a Valkyrie and form the Liberators, and the Liberators are going to try to punish all men. Meanwhile, Scourge is going to be fighting the Defenders in their in his barren Netherworld, where he's going to be winning. He's got an army at his back. He's an extremely effective commander. But unfortunately, we cannot have nice things. Scourge the Executioner, you see, has become the consort to the queen. The queen, of course, is Cassiolina. Amara the Enchantress and the Defenders all being locked up at the moment because Scourge and Cassiolina have kind of won the day you know, kind of, kind of celebrating, but the, those pesky defenders, they just always find a way out, right? The quote unquote heroes. Well, Enchantress is going to help them out. They're, they're going to kind of escape. And in this ensuing battle, Scourge is going to kill Cassiolina. Truly tragic. And of course, Enchantress will reclaim Scourge the Executioner as her own. And in doing so, she will eternally piss off the Black Knight, who was smitten. They will return to Asgard, of course, where Enchantress will come up with some new plots, and they will be foiled by Thor. And then we're going to get to one of the better stories in comics, I think. This is going to be during the Walt Simonson Thor run, and we are huge Walt Simonson fans around here, but... And, and coincidentally, this is also my big uh, recommended reading for the week. But The Death of Scourge, it's very good. And in a lot of ways, it very much inspired Scourge's character and death on screen. But I would say that it is a very, very worthwhile three issues to read. I don't think you need to go into it with having read a lot previous i mean I've, I've brought you up to speed enough uh, that you can just flow into it um, it's it's very very good and at the conclusion of which scourge will be a resident of hell h-e-l ruled over by hella he's going to have some post-death adventures here but a lot of this isn't going to happen until more or less recently uh, scourge kind of has been gone for a while he is going to resurface a little bit when we get Angela in the MCU. He's going to essentially be just in hell. He's going to join forces with Thor and, and kind of redeem himself like we, we have kind of seen in the movies, of course. And But that's all inspired from this story here. Uh, of course, the setting is, is far different. You are going to get a lot of Angela in the post in his coming back. And I would recommend that you read it, but... Jesse, that's going to be about it for his lore. Not a lot with this character. He is essentially been kind of uh, an accessory to Amora the Enchantress for most of his comic life. Uh, he has brief fits and spurts of not being paired with her. And I think they've separated them more here in the modern era. But of course, the classic Scourge is the one we're kind of talking about right now. 
but all in all, I really like this character. I think he's a very, very redeemable gray line, technically villain, but really he's just kind of a selfish guy working with a, an extremely toxic, bad influence and not to make excuses for his behavior here, Jesse, but you know, I find his stories pretty cool. I think Walt Simonson does an excellent job with Scourge and I think it's an extremely worthwhile read. Not to skip ahead too much because I, I will elaborate a little more on some other reading uh, in the comic book recommendation front. But this is going to bring us to talking about Scourge in the MCU. Oh, man. Scourge in the MCU. What an interesting take on this interesting character, right, Chris? And I think we'll talk in a minute, like we always do, after this MCU thing. And you kind of started doing it a minute ago, but the summary of who Scourge is. Yeah, sure. Our little final summary of lore but yeah, a little wrap up mcu of course he's played by the amazing carl urban one of the best man from you know of course his initial lord of the rings fame playing aylmer and now he's getting all these amazing roles right and he's kind of a standout part in the things he's in yeah but dread the dread remake dude dread was he was phenomenal that, that movie is incredible dude i love it so much it's crazy that like he was in something like lord of the rings and then he was in something like dread that didn't do very well box office wise, but then like it's got this massive cult following Huge. like Lord of the Rings, like yep. Lord of the Rings, you know, of course, Lord of the Rings got the popular following, but it's got the diehard fans too. And, and now he's part of the boys and it's that same type of thing where it's like, he's got just these really rich fans, you know, which is very cool. But what I like, they brought him in, obviously Taika had a vision for Thor Ragnarok, which was going to be completely different tone than Thor and Thor, the dark world and kind of flip the Thor thing on its head and be more of a comic comedy centric film. And they brought Carlin with that in mind. And so he plays this version of Scourge quite well, who is at Hela's feet and everything she does, right? But then he has this comedic timing as well. And you kind of see the fragility of his ego built into the character. Oh, yeah. You know, spoilers, his heroic sacrifice at the end. But it's, you know, all baked in from the Walt Simonson stuff and then elements of Thor Ragnarok and it's its own cohesive story, but I mean, Scourge has his arc in that, right? Which is he absolutely does, and it's a really, really kind of central part piece of the movie, and it's a central piece of what endears the movie because his tragic end is—I mean, it's awesome. It's yeah, really well captured. It's really well acted. Uh, they just did a really, really good job with it, and I think that's a credit to not only the folks that made the film. Mm-hmm but also Walt Simonson's excellent run on Thor. That it's, this is all kind of based on, right? And man, what a, what a great use of a, a B string character in an MCU movie, right? It's something oh, yeah. actually the MCU, MCU struggle with for a long time now. And I think part of the reasons why a lot of the new films aren't doing well is a lot of the B and C string characters are literally just there to say they were there. They don't actually have arcs within the film or they don't have roles in the film. That is a primary reason I'm having an issue with a lot of the new films is because there's characters that are just there for, for no reason at all. And it's like crazy that a character like Scourge, he is a big part of the movie, but he's not one of the main characters, you know? I mean, we've got a movie with like Thor, Loki, Hela, Odin, Valkyrie, you know what I mean? Just to name a few at the front end. And then you have Bruce Banner come in later and you got all these primary characters and then for a character like scourge to be a second string but have an arc in this film is absolutely amazing so good job carl and good time good job team who wrote this film of course and this version of scourge which you know definitely is a less 
serious scourge, but he's still quite adept at fighting. And, you know. And I, I think one of the things that, you know, one of the big changes in the MCU version, of course, is they didn't really go into Scourge's backstory. They didn't no. make him stronger than everyone else. He was just kind of a guy. A yeah, guy he was with, just a Asgardian warrior. That's way different from, you know, of course, the comics, but I think it's a worthwhile concession to make because that doesn't meaningfully change the movie if he's really, really tough to beat or if he's mm. just a regular guy because he's there for one reason. And that's a little bit of comedic relief and to, to play this role of Hela's right hand man. But ultimately he's there for this, this big sacrifice at the end and making him, you know, explaining that he's half storm giant and half, you know, from whichever version of Asgard doesn't really add to the movie at all. So I specifically the movie, only the movie. Yes. And I think that was the right choice. I think they saved time with that and just didn't have to worry about it. I'm sure plenty of people were upset about it, but the internet's upset about everything all the time. So who cares? Of course. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. And like you said, he's, he actually has a change of heart and an arc and he, he goes from a very, like I said, egocentric character with this fragility of his ego to self-serving to his people, right. And giving his life for that. So it's cool to see and the performance is great. So yeah, that's Scourge in the MCU and closing out our lore, Chris, with this summary of Scourge. So we've kind of set the stage with this MCU Scourge who's, you know, he acts tough, but he's a little bit small on the inside. You know, he's a little bit fragile despite being a great warrior. And it's interesting. And he's less of a villain. I will say, you know, he's more of an opportunistic guy. Yeah, I think so. But also something you touched on in the main lore, and I think is notable because we talk about a lot of bad guys on the show and we have over the years. Is it safe to say Scourge is not like on the furthest end of of bad guys we've talked about in the Marvel universe? Like he's he's more Yeah, man, he's he's more just a, a kind servant. Of a, yeah. <laughs> I think he's more how do I say this? This is this sounds weird, but I yeah. think he's more just a criminal than he self-centered guy than he is a bad guy yeah he's not really necessarily world domination villain right he's involved in some of those plots but it's, it's just never like a through, bad guy like hood never, or something right? yes it's never through his own you know wants and, and and whatever he's just serving someone else's you know which of course he's at fault for that too you can't you can't excuse yeah it reminds someone. me of crossbones kind of yeah, I think Crossbones is a little more mean-spirited, mm, mm-hmm. a little more angry, but yeah. I mean, when when while Scourge still has the blood axe, don't get me wrong, he can be very <laughs> he can be very angry and bloodthirsty. Yeah. yeah, man, for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's good to have these like more one-note characters, especially in comics where it's like he's got he does have dimension to him, but he needs to be one note most of the time to kind of land the story as a whole, right? And probably deliver more nuance in characters like Thor and or Loki, right? For example. Or like you said, Enchantress, who's kind of masterminding this whole thing, which we'll get to very soon. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, Chris, we got to jump right into strategy today with Scourge the Executioner. Of course, his name is Scourge the Executioner and his alter ego is Scourge. Very simple. He is a three threat character and his defenses are very interesting for a three threat character. They are four physical three energy and two mystic and his stamina is a whopping six he is a size two with a medium move so he's normal on that front and on his injury side his stamina goes down to five but like we say on furious finance all the time better to have the six on the front than the back 
Absolutely. Stay healthy longer. Anything jumping out to you here, Chris? I mean, four three two is super interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not necessarily jumping out to me. No, he, he's a three threat. Yeah, he's just like Luke Cage with like one less, mm-hmm. you know, which is fine. But I I think this is a little bit of future proofing because six health is is awesome, and we're about to see he hits like a truck for a three threat. So I think there has to be a little bit of a balancing act and. We're right on the money too with that that two mystic because I mean, oh, this yeah. is very much like our yeah. Bucky situation where it's like or Logan or something like that. Yeah, because he's constantly getting his mind messed with through spells and whatnot. So this poor guy, this tracks and exactly like you said, concessions must be made for <laughs> for these dice. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about these dice. So starting with his first attack, it's a physical attack called. Battle Axe, of course, Scourge's Axe that Chris just talked about. It's range two, strength of six. The only three threat character that has this attack stat and at a cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Scourge gains one power. So this is his gainer. And on a wild, you will trigger bleed. After attack is resolved, target character gains bleed, which of course is going to give them one little extra ping damage at the end of every one of their turns. Um, I love this, Chris, because number one, it's a gainer. It's not a range gainer, which are obviously better because you can always double tap from range right with a range gainer. And right. Guarantee that. But six dice is insane for a three threat, to be honest, quite honestly. Yeah, there's some other good stuff on this card, too. That's not unusual for three threats, which we'll get to shortly. But what are your thoughts about this strike? That is a lot of dice on a strike. And given the nature of this game, that could be a massive spike and not, yeah. not to mention six dice, your odds of rolling a wild in those six, like with six is so much higher than like four. And I mean, way bigger than just what you would think from adding two dice. I think this is really good. I kind of like that. It's a gainer in a weird way. I know it has a high spike potential and that could be a lot of potential power, but that guaranteed one is just like you say all the time, something you can count on, something you can plan for and you just, you can't whiff. And I like that. I'm used to whiffing a lot right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still not a guarantee, but it's, it's on its way. I mean, it's one of those things where I love the lore of this, where it's now scourge is rolling the same amount of dice that Thor does on his strikes. And Thor is a five threat. Obviously Thor can do so much more with power, but it's interesting that they are, really doing an amazing job in this game showcasing the Asgardians prowess and range two combat and you know Valkyrie where it's like if Valkyrie's doing her spender with her dice fixing she's hitting way above her weight class as a three threat right right? and they're doing a similar thing with Scourge but Scourge is less you know Valkyrie kind of powers up right and then she does all this cool stuff Scourge is more just an all-arounder which we're going to see a little bit more and you know, closing out his attacks, Chris, real quick, he has a second physical attack called the Executioner. It's range three, so it's a little bit more range on this. Strength of eight, so he gets two dice from his first one. It costs four. If the target character has the bleed special condition, you may reroll up to two attack dice during the attack. And it also has bleed on a wild. So eight dice, but really potentially could be 10 dice in theory, as long as you don't skull out. And what's not to love here? I mean, it's just a, it's just a model finisher attack it's a really good finisher i think it's named appropriately doesn't feel like something you're going to use maybe once or twice a game but having it in your back pocket for when you need it is pretty nice and and i mean that opens up scourge to being you know say they've put a bunch of attacks into your thor 
and Scourge is still on the board come round four or five, mm. this this opens him up to being having kind of a late game role. And that is finishing off, you know, wounded or chunked models, try to get him in there and try to have him use the spender and make sure they go down, freeing up any of your leftover higher point, higher threat models to, uh, you know, do what they do. No, certainly. And I, it's also one of those things too, when he of course gets flipped, right? Like he's just ready to go Yeah, and dude. he is ready to just throw all the dice if he needs to. So not bad at all. I mean, four is a lot. We talk about on the show, anything over three, you start getting really crazy pricey mm-hmm. range, but you know, he is as guardian. So, but real quick, Chris, let's talk about his superpowers. You want to start us off here? Oh yeah. So his first superpower is an active superpower. It is storm giant strength. It's going to cost you three power. Choose an interactive terrain feature of size three or less within range two. Throw it short. Uh, You can only use this one once a turn. So you're never mad at seeing a terrain throw three for a size three. That's what that's as good as you can hope for out of a kind of three threat character. A lot of threes here. I'm sorry. But yeah, this this seems fine. This is like an extremely consistent source of damage, right? Mm-hmm. pay three for a size three throw it at someone short okay the short's not great but throwing a size three at someone is great we talked about how good that is in this game where it's that's four guaranteed hits heading their way that's a four save they got to make that's just going to kill a lot of characters right that are just yeah. down on health and you know it's kind of a guarantee a removal of another model it's points in the game so also a good way to get terrain off the board too if you don't want terrain thrown at you well that's great scourge can throw size threes you know so it's a wonderful thing but Finishing off his active and reactive superpowers, he has a reactive superpower, right-hand man, costs two power. When an enemy character within two of Scourge targets another ally with an attack, Scourge may use the superpower. Scourge now becomes the target of the attack regardless of range and line of sight. We love to see it. It is the Luke Cage taunt. It is the Colossus taunt. It is why you are playing Scourge. I'm going to tell you right now, you're playing Scourge because of this battle axe being six. And this taunt, because now your opponents have a huge problem because they can't hit the weaker targets they want to hit and they're powering up Scourge because he's in their face and he's taking the hits for his allies. He's kind of scary when he's powered up. Spender's definitely happening more often. That Spender is a legitimately kind of scary Spender. I also really like how Right Hand Man kind of works in conjunction with Aggressive. Of course. Uh, spoiler alert, he has aggressive. Now, I do understand you're within two. You're already close to the character. That's but you that's, go more. That doesn't. Yeah, this is out of activation movement. Always welcome. We always want it. Uh, even just just a, that short move towards who hurts Scourge could put you in scoring. You know, you can walk walk past them a little bit too, and it's just it just opens up a whole lot. Yeah, it also sets up scourge for more right hand man taunts as well because he mm-hmm. can potentially get past the person who just hit him, and now he's in range two of that person and another person, right? Um, that he wasn't before. So absolutely crucial is play harnessing this aggressive, and you know, think crossbones in that way where it's like the greatest times you probably gotten time out of crossbones has been when you utilized his aggressive the best way, right? Every single time you used it not even necessarily the full distance. Sometimes you might use it to move laterally, kind of set up a next turn. Keep in mind the executioner is range three, so you can use aggressives to set up the range of executioner. They thought they might have right. been safe before, but now they're not. There's a lot of options. And closing out his card, Chris, you said he has aggressive, of course, when damage 
is dealt to him, he may advance short towards the attacking character. Through attacks, he may advance towards the target character short. And of course, closing out his card, one of the best two powers in the game, he's Asgardian. During the power phase, his character gains one additional power. Absolutely massive in this game, getting two power every power phase. I think this is another reason why I think Scourge has slipped on outside of Asgard, which we'll talk about shortly. But yeah, on pay-to-flip maps, Chris, this is a, he could pick up an extract and flip a pay-to-flip, right? Like just that's, massive. That's very powerful. Yeah. Things you can't do normally in this game, right? Outside of Asgardians and first class and stuff and Mystique's Brotherhood. Right. But you still, with first class and Mystique's Brotherhood, there's more hoops to jump through, you know? So it's it's really interesting that Scourge just has that online and also means you can always count on him having right-hand man every round, right? So keep that in mind, that he's always going to have two power at the start of every round to do that taunt. And, and we flip to his injured side. Nothing changes except his health goes down to five. Like I said, give him that total of 11. There's not a ton to be said here, Chris. He's a pretty basic character, but what's interesting about Scourge is how he works in tandem with the rest of his squad. It's He's a question asker of your opponent, and it's one of those things where we'll touch on this more on affiliations in a moment, but he's fulfilling a role, just like a lizard or a Luke exactly. Cage would, right? And that's great. He, he is less tanky than those two, so he's going to mm-hmm. go down faster, but the trade-off here is he can dish out some serious damage, and I think you hit the nail on the head. He is playing, He yeah, he's playing a role here, and that role is to be dangerous, and he is dangerous. If Scourge is there, you do have to account for him. You you do need to figure out what you're doing with him, even if that's just throwing attack dice his way and removing him. And as the Asgard, as the Scourge player, you're kind of okay with that because those attack dice are now not going into your bigger models that you kind of want uh, to keep on the table. No, 100%. And he's really good at that job. And we'll talk more in a moment about what sort of job he can play. Okay, so Scourge is super interesting, Chris. So he has three cards that he can play. One is tied to him, which I would say is the one you can play anytime. The other two are tied to Scourge and other characters. But let's talk about Weapons of Midgard first. It's very basic. Uh, We're going to talk about Scourge's swords and guns and stuff he acquired from Earth, of course. It's unaffiliated and active. During Scourge, the Executioner's activation, he may spend two power to play this card. Scourge may use the attack listed above once this activation. It's Destroy. It is a beam four, strength of five, zero power cost attack. What is there to say about this, Chris? This is, I think, the epitome of a kitchen table card, because you probably yeah. don't have room in your 10 cards for it at a tournament level just due to space. But this is definitely a good card where Scourge, all of a sudden, he has range four, beam, and he's doing a bunch of damage to a bunch of characters you know, for the only the cheap cost of two. Well, especially on very fighty ma- uh, crisis setups on your E setups, especially, you know, in anything where you're fighting in the center of the map, this seems like it could be pretty useful, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said kitchen table card. It's fun. I mean, who doesn't love fun. Scourge using his, his, his rifles, which is very left field for him, given a little bit of range, but we got to move on. Let's go scuttlebutt on me. So this is when an allied beta ray bill or an allied scourge executioner makes an attack during their activation. After the attack is resolved, the attacking character may spend any number of power to play this card. The attacking character immediately performs the attack listed above targeting the original target character. So just to explain this real quick, it's a free attack, right? Like it's outside of your attack actions right. that you would normally. So that's the main reason you're taking this. But let's talk about the tech support that you're going to get from the scuttlebutt on me. It's a range five strength of two power cost of zero. 
It does have a lot of clauses, though. The first clause is this attack ignores line of sight, and the defamed character has not benefit from cover. We love that. Add attack dice equal to the amount of power you spent to play this card. There we go. After this attack is resolved, if it dealt damage, the character that played this card may throw the target character short. This is an amazing card, Chris. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I think every Asgard list has this in their tin, right? Because they are oh, playing yeah. Scourge and Bill. So why wouldn't they give themselves options? Once again, though, it's fine in space in your five. This absolutely is. It's just such a wonderful tool to reach out and touch, you know, that that model that's getting away with two extracts or somebody sitting on the back point. Or if you just need a third attack to make sure you get rid of a certain model. You this this gives you three attacks in an activation, and that's very, very cool. Also super notable, it's energy, which could be huge. It might just give yes. you a damage type Good you point. don't have. Good like point. Scourge does not have energy access to it. So this could give him a tool to finish a kill or maybe soften up a target that's weak to energy, maybe like a Groot or something, and just kind of finish it off, right? And guarantee the kill. So I, I think this is an amazing tool for Scourge, especially because you know, Bill's typically playing your mid-range play style, but Scourge is kind of in your opponent's face. So what's interesting about that is if Scourge is deep in there and they're putting damage into him and he's still alive, I mean, he can he can, he can dump a bunch of damage into this, you know, and use his power fi- efficiently before he's off the table, right? And get a massive kill swing because he could probably do something like maybe his spender and a strike into a target and then he could scuttlebutt on another target, right? And yeah. maybe he took off two models that turn. And even if they remove him now, well, He's done his work. He's, he's done his work and he's still there with his taunt online, right? Potentially. Yep. So there's a lot of layers of the questions Scourge is asking with this. And I really like it a lot. And I think the third attack is the main reason you're taking it. But we got to save the best for last, Chris. Meet my executioner. It's unaffiliated and reactive. This one you do need Enchantress and Scourge on the table to play. When another allied character would suffer damage from a collision, Enchantress may spend two power to play this card. So there's already a lot of stuff happening here. So yes, one of your allies on the board globally is being affected by a collision, whether it be terrain or another model being thrown at them, right? Enchantress can now spend two power to activate this card. Now, anywhere Scourge is on the map, you can place him range one of the character that is suffering the collision. So Scourge gets to teleport due to Enchantress's powers. Now Scourge suffers the collision instead. Even It doesn't even matter where you place him. You just have to place him range one. He's just taking the collision. You know, let's forget about where all the pieces end up on the board. During the collision, additionally, if Scourge the Executioner would suffer damage, reduce the damage he suffers by one. You love An it. An amazing tool. This is a very, very cool card. Magneto, Hulk, I Hulk, they hate seeing something like this out on the table, you know? Oh, it the possibilities are just so endless, other than the fact that you have to be playing both of these characters. It's it's really That's, harsh and harsh in my mellow here. Yeah, I mean, they're both great characters, but it is it is funny that that's it's got so many upsides, it has to have one downside. And the one downside is you have to have two characters on the table to even be able to play this, right? That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big caveat for a card in a slot that you are limited to 10 of, you know? So, oh yeah, it is an awesome card. I would like to use it. Amazing uh, in the Asgard mirror. Exactly. So many throws. <laughs> yeah, it, gosh, it's just so good against... So many scary teams that you, you just have to take it, right? You have to. So mm. that's Scourge and all the tools he has available to him via tactics cards. Now we got to move on to affiliations. Starting off, this should make perfect sense to everybody, but Scourge is affiliated with Asgard and Cabal. 
the Asgard is super obvious, but the Cabal, you know, is obvious as well because he's worked with the Chantress so much. But what's interesting about Cabal is you've got a the game has gotten so big now, Chris. We got to think about yeah, Scourge is Cabal. That's great, but really, it's Scourge is under all these leaders, right? And you, which Cabal do you want to play? Do you want to play Classic Red Skull where Scourge is getting a bunch of power? Do you want to play Sin Cabal where he's helping you get all those Sin triggers off where he's in the fray doing that? Uh, the answer is yes. Do you want to play him with Malekith Cabal where he's getting kills and and heals are happening on the table, you know, and more power gains happening? He's good in all these Cabal leaders. It's absolutely amazing. You know, it's one of those things where you can't go wrong playing him in Cabal, and I think. Honestly, Red Skull 3, Master Red Skull is what I'm going to call him. Master Red Skull now being out in the game and giving you access to a quasi-reality gym with his leadership. I think that might even be Scourge's best home in this Cabal set. Yeah. So Yeah. Master Red Skull. Um, that's scary. Dude, yeah. Some of the some of the things I'm hearing uh, seem super fun. Like I kind of want to try them. And that's that's scary that I want to play a bad guy team. A real bad guy, Re- actual bad guys, not just yeah. we hate you, Parker. <laughs> yeah, that's typically the bad guys that we play or those type of bad guys. But and, you know, Magneto's not a bad guy at all. He was totally right. So Magneto's right. Me, me playing Magneto is Professor X is the bad guy. There it is again. Yeah, but I think Master Red Skull is going to love the Scourge because I my gut telling me at this point early in the course, that's live, Chris, so be completely wrong. But I think Master Red Skull wants to go wide and he wants to go heavily cabal affiliated that's what it looks like right now so lean into that with this three thread who it's like a truck you know and fits oh fits into that plan perfectly right he gets the skull crit oh, he, he's mm. just hitting really hard in this team so but we got to move on to some interesting places we could play scourge outside of affiliation my favorite segment here and we're going to start with something interesting we're kind of going to jump around i'm going to talk about midnight suns so midnight suns is an amazing place for scourge because yeah sure he deals out a bunch of bleeds which is great for blade but really it's less about that it's more he's as guardian so every turn he gets two power every turn he can bump in the night essentially and use it very effectively. And, you know, a model that really wants to be at a range two band with his taunt and his strike being range two, bump makes the difference, you know? Bump oh, really absolutely. Difference. So I think he fits right in the team. Even the theme kind of works. I mean, he's he fits with the spooky group pretty well. And like I said, both of his attacks deal out bleeds, so Blade is happy and drinking plenty. You gotta love that. Gotta love that. And there is a world you could play like Luke Cage and... You could play a combination of like Luke Cage, Black Dwarf, and Scourge, which all have mm. taunt, right? And they all have good use of the bump in your Midnight Suns as well and kind of give yourself a defensive layer on top of the aggression that Midnight Suns can have and the mobility Midnight Suns can have. Am I moving to Midnight Suns? Goodness, that was a really good sell. <laughs> well, keeping that, that awesome. sell going, I'm going to tell you about why you should probably try Scourge and Defenders. It's pretty obvious, but he's good with both leaders. Strange giving him the hex, the damage type variability, right? And Daredevil now out in the world giving him the rerolls, Chris. I mean, what's not to love? Massive. I think I think that Daredevil Defenders is a really interesting spot for him because of those rerolls. Now we're talking about a lot of damage going through, or at least more consistent damage, right? And that's massive for a three threat. Any doing anything consistently for a three threat is a big deal. So this is, I I think that's a really wonderful spot, truly. Yeah, I think he's doing what they want to do. And obviously the Daredevil leadership, it's literally like, are you range two of enemies? Okay, you get your leadership, right? So what I described earlier, Scourge wants to aggressive into spots where he can be in the range of more 
models, not because he can hit them all, but because his taunt is online for all of them, right? And it's causing problems to your opponent. And I guarantee you, Chris, if your opponent, if Scourge is in the middle of three models, range two, they are going to disrupt that field very quickly because he's now got a six dice strike with three rerolls, right? Which is just absurd. Like he's just, he's doing what he wants to do there. And you could apply the same thought on any team with a wide leader, right? I mean, absolutely. Sam's kind of nuts right now. I especially love Scourge with Sam Vengers. I, I, I truly the do. Heel. Just the heel, you know, you know how round threat. rounds two and three go when you're playing Sam Vengers. You start getting a lot of models dazed. That's true. So suddenly that Scourge is just moving everywhere. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad place for him to be. He loves that heel. The heel and keeping himself within that range two band. I like it a lot. He is fighting with Luke Cage for that spot. Yes, you could he absolutely both. is. Do both. Have have a really weird web of taunts and bodyguards. It's fun. I like it a lot. Keeping that theme going, you, you could totally play him in X-Force for the rerolls yes. and just access to a taunt on top of like Honey Badger's taunt. You really could add layers of taunt. And with that going... I think he's an amazing model that could be played with A-Force because A-Force already has this amazing defensive bodyguard puzzle going on every game that that's kind of their shtick. And you can add one more layer to that defensive bodyguard and you can kind of just, you know, with A-Force, you always have perfect knowledge of who has what power, what times when someone is dealt damage. So you can easily say, oh, okay, you dealt a damage to Shuri. Well, I'm passing a power to Scourge. Now the taunt's online and now you inadvertently can't attack sure again because scourge is in that model's face exactly. and he's gonna just gonna taunt it so there's a lot of layers to why i think he's good with a force and that kind of applies across the board but i think an a force is exceptionally potent because that team ramps so hard and they get so much power and you get to decide where it goes you know unlike other teams where the power kind of has to be there's things that have to happen to get the power you know well, especially because his ridiculous ridiculously high dice strike is not an actual strike it's just a gainer so yeah like we mentioned you know while talking about fair (laughs) it's it's kind of keeping him fair which i'm all for but you know throwing him in a a team like a force kind of gets around him not getting those big spikes of power oh 100 so it's it's yeah it's just mitigating his weaknesses in in a really nice way making him very scary oh yeah and that's what we want with our scourge play i also think he's really fun in strucker hydra where they're already kind of going wide. They have a three-threat leader, and then you're adding this element of he can give out bleed, which is a condition, right? Which gets all their condition stuff going online, can give Scourge more heals as well, and just kind of like feeds that engine of doing what Hydra does, where they kind of just flood the board, and then they move conditions around, and then they just sustain, and they kill you. So I think he's a really good spot in that. And of course, he loves Red Skull Hydra, where he's just getting three power every turn right? <laughs> Absolutely. Just, just amazing. So I think those are the standout places. I mean, additionally, you could run him like with new Steve, right? Wild Steve as Chris Thank refers you. to him. Okay. I don't think he's the best three threat for wild Steve because he doesn't have a pierce, but he does have a bleed trigger. And also he does have access to more power than other three threats because he's as guardian. So you can more readily flip those dice, right? With spinning I power. Think three threat as guardians just kind of period or at a premium valkyrie is really good with wild steve for instance oh yeah and well and it just that as guardian trait of gaining that extra power it opens up so many things on turn one i mean namely eyes on the prize of course oh yes which just the obvious and everybody's doing it but must be said yeah three threat as guardians big deal invest 
Yeah, and so I haven't really dug into Asgard yet because I was saving it for last. So I talked about him being Asgard. I talked about him being a good Cabal member. And like I said, I think he's an amazing and sense Cabal because he's going to make you drop stuff because he's going to be in that range two of you. He's going to be in your face and they want to go wide. All the layers are there of why he's amazing on that team. Also, he gives them a much needed taunt. But with Asgard, all they had was Valkyrie and Heimdall before. And Heimdall's a pure support piece. Yep. Valkyrie is kind of a workhorse that ramps, like I said. But Scourge, Scourge is straight up just a workhorse. Like he is always going to work. He's never going to. Valkyrie kind of lives on the knife's edge of her dice. Can she pay power to charge? Can she pay power to throw? There's a lot of layers to this. Scourge, he's always doing what he's doing. And what's cool about him, too, since he does have a gainer, Chris, you can always guarantee you're going to get two power, right? If you're playing mm. him right. So it's weird that like Valkyrie has bigger spikes, but at the, at the end of the day too, Scourge is giving you a defensive layer on top of all that. So I actually think more, and I've talked to a lot of amazing Asgard players, you know, um, of course about recently I played Eric, you know, in the, in the league, who's the best Asgardian player in the world, I would say. And Eric talked about playing Scourge all the time, you know, and, it makes perfect sense that all these Asgardians players are playing him all the time because he's a reliable three threat and Asgard already is tall, you know? Yeah. And so I think a lot of Asgard players right now are literally going Thor, Bill, Scourge. I'm like, that's their core. Mm. And they start there. They build outward from that. And, you know, that's cool because that. that, yeah, that's 12 threat. It's already a lot, but right? it's also like lore wise. Oh yeah. That's just three tough hombres. Well, they're just what, here to fight, man. That's they're so just true. here to fight. That's so cool. I mean, it's almost as if they're the Warriors 3, but they're not, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's kind of the MCU <laughs> Warriors 3 in a way, right? Rest in peace, the Warriors or not 3. Not MCU, MCU, MCP, sorry. Yeah, MCP yeah, Warriors 3. And what's cool about that is you're ready to like add a 4 threat and be a 16 threat, right? And Asgard's got a plethora of 4 threats to choose from, flavor to taste. But yeah, I think Scourge comes out every time because... Like I said, he can kind of fit any job. He's not amazing yeah. at anything. Yeah, He's not bad at anything, right? And that's what you want at your three threats. Valkyrie, on the other hand, you know, she needs that extra power generation to really shine. She's actually better, some people would say, in A-Force, right? Where it's like she's just getting that power and she you know, always and is ready to go. She is very good in A-Force. I'm having a tough time keeping her alive. Yeah, sure. She's a big target because yeah, everyone, the secret's know. out on Valkyrie. <laughs> Dragon Fang is insanity. Yeah, people Turns know that. Turns out Dragon Fang is good. And having, you know, three threat the throw. character throw. The character Just throw. Forget about it. Yeah, forget that's, about it. <laughs> character throw. That's I'm glad they didn't give Scourge the character throw. Just Agreed. Throw. So those are just places you can play Scourge, and I think you should if you're not. And you know, try him out in other places. Try him in Criminal Syndicate. You know, Let try him know, Guardians yeah. with those rerolls. Like he's one of those models that I genuinely think can fit anywhere. And yeah, so can Luke Cage and so can Lizard, right? But this is a season to taste. This is like your version of which three suits you for your team needs, right? Like Lizard and Luke Cage might not be the answer every time. Scourge could totally take their spot, right? In one of those lists. And they're all very similar, but they're all, they all have strengths and weaknesses, right? And, you know, I, I love that where it's like, Scourge is very rewarding to the player that works with him and learns his play patterns and stuff. And I think you should definitely do it. So trial scourge do it well that's going to bring our episode to a close guys and it's been a really fun episode and it's been a fun time chris to return to asgard i'm excited to go back me too the only thing i'm not excited about with this is that you're going to get to asgard before i do i'm as excited to play yeah. against them 
but I want to play him too, man. Maybe I will play you know, against been like top of my short list for, Oh, I know. Right? And I wouldn't, I would never try to steal that joy from you, but uh, I, I do want to play them eventually and maybe it'll be enough to play against them and paint them myself, get, get my models painted. And maybe that'll be enough for a while. You know, the irony is all my Asgardians are painted except Scourge and Enchantress. So the second sure. they get painted, I'm showing up Asgard. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to get Scourge painted pretty quick because he might get tested out in a couple of teams. I'm thinking about playing that and makes sense. one I'm playing currently. So, yeah, yeah, he's a great model to do that. Before we get this outro, Chris, here I'm going to throw a curveball at you. So sweet, we, we haven't done our news in a minute and we're probably going to do news very soon with the release of the timeline format and like really what that all is which is very exciting format for the game and very new crazy thing but chris with the timeline format for the next year we learned a couple bits of information that i find super exciting we learned where some of the models that are coming out in the spring and summer are landing what affiliations they're landing on yes so i'm going to bring these up real quick to you and you know we're just going to talk about them real briefly thoughts opinions exciting though here we go shadow king brotherhood yes i mean where else is he gonna go this this maybe is a cabal uh, maybe. yeah you could have done that but i like this, this better this is in keeping with the way they've done things shadow king never has really worked with the brotherhood but he is an x-man villain so he's brotherhood adjacent right like uh, just just by mis- nature of yeah by the nature of the x-men being its own contained thing yes magneto's right Shadow King was not right. Shadow King was not right. <laughs> Let, let's clarify that. <laughs> so, yeah. so like, just how we also said Mystique was not right too. Um, we no, made that very not. clear in our lore that she is a villain and so is Shadow King. But, you know, very exciting. So moving on, King T'Challa. He's going to be where we thought he'd be, Wakanda and Avengers. I think you could have almost pulled the Avengers tag from King T'Challa. I'm kind of scared with Wild Steve. I 100% am terrified of King T'Challa. Not just I, his- just anywhere. Yeah, same Avengers. Honestly, his own, his own affiliation too. He's going to be amazing. I think having him as a flex affiliation leadership is going to be nasty. And I think he is going to be disgusting on the board. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, this information could, of course, change when we get the official affiliation list. They could add these characters to one more spot. They've done this before. They've they've added Daredevil retroactively to the Web Warriors after his release. So I'm excited to see if any of that changes. But I think it's safe to say the ones that are on this list are going to be on this. The only thing I can see that changing is like maybe they add one of these characters on one more spot, you know, that wasn't on the timeline list. Or you something. know, there's also this idea, possibly, that the timeline the timeline of fills can be messed with really at any point. Oh, hundred percent. So maybe there, maybe shadow King is cabal, maybe just for the timeline. He's not, you know, there's always just that kind of thing, but yeah, like that's were, so interesting. Like, the timeline, like, like you were saying, of course it, it fits into what you were saying just there. This but is yeah. the only black Panther on the timeline, you know? So spoiler alert for that, which, you know, we lost OG. Black I, Panther, I really so. need to dig into the timeline because I the more it. I think about it, the more I'm excited about it. And the more I want to do a timeline event. I love it. Chris has come around full circle on it. Yeah. And I, it's definitely one of those things. The more I read, I get the more excited I get as well. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I fully grasped. I don't think I fully grasped how they were going to do it. Uh, whenever it, it first got announced and I was kind of skeptical, but they just straight up didn't put any of the big models in there is great. They just cut them out. Yeah. So keep, keeping it. this theme going of models that, you know, 
it's cool to see where they are, but maybe they could add more places in the future. Killmonger Usurper, he's just Wakanda. That's good. Yeah, I honestly thought he'd be CS as well, but maybe since this is this is Usurp the Throne, Killmonger, yeah. not yeah, this like, is kind of not what he's taking criminal over for hire, Killmonger. Yeah. yeah. Um not the Merc Killmonger per se. This is more of true, he's like a true Wakandan. But moving on, Chris, obviously something I'm excited about. We got to see where all these X-Men are gonna land. They're just X-Men. So Uncanny X-Men got Professor X, Iceman, Nightcrawler, Shadowcat, and Bishop. They're all X-Men. I'm pretty excited for that wave. Um uh, I know yeah. I know this the straight X-Men is your bag. I know you're one of the top players, but I'm so excited. We're about to have three leaderships for it, which is great. I know, right? Uh I'm we'll see I how we storms. See Charles. I know we need to see it, but I'm I'm anxious. I'm also anxious to see how these characters change Storm's kind of place in the uh, affiliation tier list setting or whatever. Um, I would like to see I would like to see some people kind of crack the code that is Storm's leadership right now because I you know I think it should be good. I, I want it to be it's at least good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know it's I know it's fine. It's not dumpster, but I want it to be scary. It might be with more access to more X-Men, but X-Men is in a thinking, weird spot man. right now. But I think just getting like Shadowcat alone is going to be amazing for us oh X-Men players gosh, because dude. she's a long mover. We've never had access to a long you'll mover have a, You'll have a real, you know, kind of extraction uh, specialist, which is going to be terrifying. I can't wait. And closing out, save the best for last, Chris. Bishop, he's X-Force. I already mentioned he's X-Men, but he's X-Force. You know, when Bishop come when Bishop hits the game, that's that will be my my triumphant return to X Force. And oh yeah, you know, I imagine you'd be getting him like painted ASAP yeah. and and like big, big ups to Omnis who has just hit pound in X Force right now, and of course Diz. Yeah, always, always, and and I love love them for it. Um, I'm of course taking a break, but they're better at uh, they're better at figuring these things out than I am. I'm just I'm just trying to get better at the game in general. So. Hey, it's all good stuff. And I think X-Force is an amazing spot right now. So them getting more models is just good. And we'll see like if any of these other models coming out end up on X-Force as well, right? But yeah, I'm just biding my time until Nightcrawler comes out. (laughs) Nightcrawler (laughs) and Shadowcat in conjunction have me truly terrified. Yeah, and they're the type of models that I totally see myself playing. It's going to be... Outside of X-Men too. Yeah, it's going to be Web Warriors X-Men style. Yeah, hundred percent. What is it going to be? It's uh, what was that run? Was it uh, Spider Man and the X Men? It'll be that. It's going to be good stuff. So yeah, that was a fun, quick tangent. We before we talk about the timeline stuff in the future, but we had to talk about where these models ended up. And I think the most interesting one here was Bishop and ending up in X Force. Everything like, else was expected, right? And this was the only question. I we have expected it. I was kind of concerned that Shadow King was just going to be that whole like. AMG's like, well, Cabal's our bad guy catch-all. Just throw him in Cabal. Yeah, Cabal is getting to the point where there are just so many... Claw is a good example. Ridiculously good models that are affiliated. Oh, sure, yeah. All have access to these Ridico tactics cards. So, yeah, it's it's definitely probably an unintended problem, but maybe it's a good problem. It's the Avengers problem, just the inverse of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that Avengers like... Where it's kind of like Avengers A Force and Defenders have some of the best rosters in the game because they just have these massive rosters with all these 
primary Avenger characters that happen to be on all their lists. Man, it would be ridiculous of someone to try to run a, a dual affiliated A Force Avengers list, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just stupid. So difficult to do. <laughs> Pretty stupid of someone to take that to take that on. Spoilers, spoilers. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that episode. You can of course support us if you want to support us and help keep us going on Patreon. You can become a Furious Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Furious Finest. Of course, you get all you get immediate access to the private Discord, which is great. We are finishing up the Secret Wars League right now, and we will start rules and signups and stuff for the next league. So this is this is your call to arms. If you've always been interested in the league, never joined the Patreon, now's the time to do it. Get on the ground floor. The next league is going to be amazing. We're in the finals right now of that, and we'll see how this Secret Wars ends. But I, I'm really excited about the next one, Chris, especially with this. It'll be going concurrently with this season of new releases, too. And our rules for our leagues are the second something's street legal, it's legal in our digital leagues as well. So it's one of those things that try new models, you know, because you're not list locked in our league, you know, and great. Ch- change it up. If you want to play Usurper Killmonger, later in the league because he came out on the street maybe okay give him a shot but you can also find us online you can find us on twitch at furious finest instagram and facebook also there as well and you can find us on x at furious finest cast you can always email us at furious finest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on apple podcasts and spotify podcasts give us those five-star reviews it really means a lot if you can't support us any other way that's the easiest way to support us thanks to approaching nirvana for our the show's music And like Jesse said, every little bit helps. Every five stars without a review helps. Every five star with a review is even better. So please, uh, let's, let's, uh, keep it up guys. I really, we just, yep. Yep. We love you for it. We really do. Of course you can find me and Chris different places online. You can find me, Jesse everywhere. That's X Instagram, discord, Longshanks at Jesse Aiken. That's J S S E E A K I N. Check out my Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. Hello there, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. Everywhere podcasts can be found. Just type in hello there, exclamation point. And also find us everywhere online at hello there cast. Shatterpoint's very exciting right now. The game's in a really good spot. You know, this lull in releases has been really cool in a lot of different ways. And I think the number one way is, you know, the game's been out six months now and people are getting to actually try all the models that they've picked up. (laughs) You know, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves as minis gamers. We start buying a bunch of models and you're thinking, oh man, I've got all these models and, you know, I've played Kingpin once, you know, like I don't want to be in that position with Shatterpoint ever. And it's been a, been a good point like that with the game for a minute. I am excited to make my triumphant return to so many things now that I've got my life one third of the way sorted. Yep. So I think we've got plans to play Shatterpoint this week. I hope I'm Watch out for my mace. I'm going to learn how to mace from Jesse himself. So watch out here in about two months. Yeah, I'm going to teach Chris everything I know, guys. Get ready. I'll be better at Shatterpoint than I am at, am at MCP. I'm currently holding that top mace player in the world badge on Longshanks Ooh, for bubba. probably five minutes, but I have it. It's a very cool Let's badge. Let's go. It's, the badge is bad mf and it's literally mf You know, I'm not censoring myself. It's great. Bad mf well, I mean, it's tying in the actor- that yep. defined the character. It's perfect. <laughs> that's it's exactly perfect. what it is. That's 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 same Sam Jackson going up to George and saying, I want to be in Star Wars. Yeah, that number one. And then after he was in Star Wars, he was saying, Didn't you say Mace was the best swordsman on the entire Jedi Council? And George was like, Yeah. He's like, 
then why does the saber look like everybody else's? Make it purple. Mm. And George was like, well, I've never done it. He's make it purple. And then it just happened overnight. Man. <laughs> That's mates. What a genius that guy is, man. Truly. <laughs> yeah. It's good like, stuff. Like he's such a great actor, comedic and dramatic and like such good entertainment choices. Anyway, Love my it. name Love is it. Chris. You can find me on Discord. I'm strong style in the Discord. Chris, uh, Chris Finest in the MCP Discords. You can listen to me talk about basketball on Orange Futures, an NBA podcast. Basketball is nasty as you want to be. Um, you know, it's it's a really fun, just NBA wide, you know, kind of comedic look at basketball. I think we are quickly developing a, a pretty good show. Love it. Definitely give Chris a subscribe there if you're a basketball fan at all, or trying or to learn if you just more want about to basketball. help. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I am trying to learn more and uh, you know support Chris here, so it's exciting. And yeah, it's the it's the life we live. You know, multiple podcasts, multiple recordings. You know, it's it's an exciting time. So especially now that your schedule is getting back on track, Chris, which we oh talked about gosh. in recent episodes. Oh my gosh, we'll probably get into it on a on on this month's uh after dark. After dark for sure, but yeah. I my schedule has cleared to the point that I think I'm rejoining the Secret Wars League. That's that's what we want to hear. Yeah. And what's cool about that is now that it's the open format, I mean, if you want to switch mid-league, you totally can to a different Which affiliation. I will. So I'll finally be able to get all my ADHD affil desires out without <laughs> having to paint just That's tons true. of models and invest yeah. tons of money to to chase a whim to play black order twice right that type of thing yeah correct oh <laughs> uh, good stuff well we hope you guys enjoyed this episode we'll return to asgard very soon we got more asgard in the pipeline which i'm very excited about and oh yeah i hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Recently reread the entire Jason Aaron Thor run to get ready oh, for my this. Oh man. And get myself hyped. And man, I loved every second of it. Did not regret it's so anything. so great, man. The art, the writing. What's your favorite little mini, like, like either story arc or, or maybe you know, uh, Thor, God of Thunder. The first, the be- the very, very beginning is truly, truly excellent, and I think it's maybe five issues. That might have been my favorite part. Where it's, it's like truly excellent. Without giving spoilers to the listeners, because I know we've recommended it before, but we've never talked about everything in it. And of course, Gore coming in was massive because I, I love that character as a villain. But those first couple runs where it's like present day Thor, future Thor and past Thor. And they're telling the same, they're telling the stories all simultaneous, but they're all learning things differently and through their different ages. It's so weirdly kind of reminiscent of like Busick's uh, Avengers forever, but not oh, wow, because, yeah. because with Avengers forever, of course, all these characters are from different timelines interacting as, as one unit of Avengers. But in this, you know, you're seeing it from three different perspectives that are all tying in and it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. very cool. It's very cool. And also there's a ton of like true Norse mythology lore built into these two, like more, more pointed, more Norse accurate than even like old door stuff. Cause Jason it's, it's, Aaron's a real one, man. He, yeah. he really knows this stuff. 
he respects the materials he's working on so much. I mean, he does case in point those those Vader comics that are so good. It's like there's so many layers he adds to the Vader character, but also he has a lot of fun too that like you you would expect in a Vader comic, you know. And you know, it's good stuff. He's he I think he's really good at writing villains and for such a like he's kind of like me. He's kind of a grumpy guy. Uh, I've met him a few times. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's also we always talk professional wrestling. Perfect. But yeah, kind of a grumpy dude but he knows how to be funny so props to him for that he's he awesome channeled writer. the grumpy into gore the god butcher so that did really did a great job out. that's one of the reasons i like gore the god butcher in the comics is a far superior character to the gore the god butcher we got in the film Very which is fine this this happens uh it same happens. thing happened to ronin right totally excellent, happened. excellent film but we lost what made yeah but we lost what made ronin ronin to to achieve this excellent film. film yeah yeah that's what it so. is every time to achieve a one film thing. So, but yeah, if you guys want to get ready for more of this Asgard content with us, definitely read that Jason Aaron Thor run, just dive right in, follow along with us. But until next time, thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 